Hello and welcome to Team Performance Coaching. Today we are going to talk about how to pick a great team. This is David Hopper and I'm going to start off with a verse to get us going. It comes from Ecclesiastes 4, 4 through 8. It says, And I saw that all labor and all achievement spring from man's envy of his neighbor. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asks, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. I'm going to use this particular section of scripture to kind of show how to build a team. Some of the things that we should be looking for when we want to build a team. And the first thing right off the bat is to know what is this teammate that you're adding to your team? What do they value? Do they know Jesus Christ as their personal savior and valued above all of the things? Um, obviously, this is bent towards a Christian mindset as we are using a verse to guide us in building a team. But you can use it in all areas of life, including even if it wasn't a Christian business. What do they value? What do they? What are they going to put their whole life into? Do they see this life as meaningless without Jesus and work every day to share the greatest hope of this of this king to the world, to others, Jesus Christ? Or do they live for money? Do they live for the weekend? Do they live, what, you, you want to know what is it that this new teammate really values. They're going to talk about early on the job, but in the end, they're going to chase what they actually value. Leadership begins with understanding how you were created. Do you know yourself? Do you know what moves you in this world? Do you know your spiritual gifts, your talents, your strengths? Do you know areas that you are really good at and areas you're not? Do you know your personality? Are you using all those awesome personality tests to know yourself well? Know the type of person that you are and the team that you need around you and those that compliment you and those that don't. Do you know and value that God created you and has moved in you and has a perfect plan for your life. Those things are all going to matter. There will be a come to Jesus moment of what you can live without in this world. And you'll have to fight it constantly, forever. Am I going to continue to chase the things that I don't really need? Or am I going to let those things go and follow the purpose that God has for my life? As you're picking a teammate, you want someone who's had these come to Jesus moments and they know exactly why they exist. The second thing you should look for in a teammate is do they care about other people? Look closer at those verses in Ecclesiastes verse 9. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. It talks about this leader understanding the value of people, the value of groups and teams and cohorts and everything they do. People that think about goals and assignments and their, what they're trying to accomplish when they are the type of person that seeks to do it as a group, not alone, you will have a much more valuable teammate. The strengths and weaknesses that are exposed as someone works alone are much greater than a team where the strengths of the greater team can cover the weaknesses of one or the few weaknesses where you value and see where each person comes and makes the team stronger. 
Solomon is showing us in these verses a valuable lesson. It says this in verse 10, If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. We will fall in this world, and it, it's going to be people that brings us back up onto our feet. Verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You're going to have struggle in this world. It's just part of it. There will be fights. There will be hard times. There will be disappointments. There will be times when you're pushed down and you will have to pick yourself back up. Do you add people around you that value team, that value others? If you do, then you will move through the difficult times stronger. So as you're picking this new team member, this teammate, what do they value? And do they understand the value of people and team? Solomon tells us where we spend most of our time is meaningless. The things that we try and gain are meaningless. The things that matter are people. Life will be easier, more fun, and you'll have more meaning as you face it with people, as you build a team around you that loves people. That's what we are seeking. That's the kind of team that can go a long way. As we continue in this, as we're building a team member, the third thing to look for in a team member, do they know forgiveness? This one's super interesting. See, we have so many regrets in life. It's a common attribute to people who are assessing their life. They look back and they regret choosing not to do certain things. They were, they had these moments and they found out later how great it might have been if they had gone down that path so they regret not choosing something. Then we have regrets about getting involved with an activity or a lifestyle that causes difficulty beyond comprehension. We kind of think about what path we took, what actions we did, and we just regret how difficult that way was. We have all these wishes that we had not done something or we had done something. The problem, of course, is that it's impossible to change those things. Has this leader, this person, this teammate that you're trying to bring onto your team, have they accepted forgiveness from God in their life? Forgiveness for what they haven't done, forgiveness of the things they did do. Have they moved past those things because they feel like they have forgiveness? Might be tough to ask that question straight up, but if you listen closely as you're talking to them, you're going to hear regret. And whenever you hear regret, you know you're talking to someone that hasn't accepted forgiveness from God. Very important. Listen closely. You will hear the difference in someone who has regrets and someone who says, yeah, I, I made mistakes along the way, but you know what? I know exactly where I am now and how God has moved me and I learned from those things and I am excited about the future because this has led to this and this has led to this. They understand the forgiveness of God and are able to move forward knowing that God has an even better plan moving forward. And then more importantly, has the leader forgiven those that have hurt them? The best leaders, the best teammates, understand both the value of being forgiven and giving forgiveness. This is the beginning of understanding grace and mercy in our life. If we're still holding on to anger and, and basically it's something that someone has done to us, if we keep holding on to that person in our history, that, that boss who did something, that person, that family member who did something, if we're holding on to these things, you're just not ever going to have the freedom to truly live out who God has made you to be. 
And so when you hear those little hints of not forgiving someone in their life, just know that will be painful. That will be a process. That will be a struggle. And it's probably something you want to avoid. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect when we understand our weakness. Will we accept this power? Will we accept this grace and mercy and move forward forgiving others and just living in the way that God has created us to be? Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Those who have been forgiven much seem to care for others at a greater level. This verse is talking about how it's a gift from God that you have been given this faith, this this um this freedom in life. Will you not do that for others? It's from God that you've been forgiven. You're not going to give that same gift to others. So as you're searching out this teammate, listen closely, closely that they have forgiven whatever it is that they're coming from. This is why an interview, you should never hear someone talk about their old job, their old boss and how stupid they were or whatever it is that they want to say. Those are all just red flags. And when the business world, we get that and we just know that those are red flags. But the reason is, is because forgiveness hasn't been given. They haven't moved on and that pain will plague them wherever they go. Before we get to this fourth one, listen closely to this quick commercial. Welcome back to Team Performance Coaching. My name is David Hopper. We are working through what it means to pick a new team member, a new teammate. You're adding to your team. What are some of the things you should be looking for as you do it? Number one was what do they value? Really understand what it makes, what makes them tick. Do they understand the value of people and team? Because the stronger they understand team, the stronger you're going to be able to accomplish things. And more importantly, the easier you'll be able to cover weaknesses. So those weaknesses will not take over because the strong team united moving forward in one direction will accomplish the goals thereafter. Third, do they know forgiveness? Do they know forgiveness, both the act of being forgiven and also forgiving those that have hurt them in some way? The fourth one's going to be a little bit interesting. I call it, do they love the ecclesia? Ecclesia is this Greek word for the church, and I love it because it really is talking about the, the called out ones. It's the, the group, the people inside of a building that make up a church. And although this is a both a Christian podcast and also a business podcast, always trying to help people grow. So you're probably not all Christian listening to this. It is a powerful word and I'll show you why. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
So when you look at these verses, the church, it's comprised of true believers in Christ, meaning a gathering of people, a gathering of people that have been launched in a direction all under the same power. So although you may be a total Christian organization and this makes sense, even if you're not, does your team know that they're one powerful force all heading in the same direction? Do you see how it fits? This ecclesia, this called out ones, this gathering of believers. Do you have a gathering of believers in the vision forward that you are after? See, Acts 19, when this verse is going on, there's there is a riot that's breaking out and it's referred to as the Ecclesia. It's a riot. It's this people that got together and all headed in the same direction and everyone started to fear them. And what's interesting is this word that's chosen for Acts 19. It's a theological word for God's people getting together in scripture in a synagogue to come under this one influence and head in the same direction. We think of church sometimes as a building. It's a building where the Jews or the Muslims or the Christians get together and have church, but that's not really what church is. It's this gathering of believers all going in the same direction with this power that's guiding them. Do you have that in your business, in your wherever you work? Do you have that with your team, this powerful believers that, that are all under the same vision heading forward? You would think that Paul in this verse would, you know, being a good Jew, he would use a word like synagogue. They're coming together in a synagogue, but he doesn't. He calls it this gathering of believers and the word actually is the same word they'd use for a riot breaking out. Why? Because he's trying to do a new thing with these followers of God. Paul's saying this new generation of God, this new followers of Jesus Christ, it will be a movement. It's not going to be a group of people inside of a synagogue. It's not going to be something we go to every once in a while and we just do. No, this is a movement. So have you created a movement with the team that you have built? Um, yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? That is a powerful concept. Create a movement. And the power behind that is so much stronger than just some team that comes together to work together for a few hours each day of the week or probably only a few days of the week. Can you create a movement with your team that will make all the difference in the world? And that's the kind of team you want to have. So pick a team that has they, they understand what they value. They know who they are. And they lead that way. They understand the value of people and teams. So they're stronger for it. They know forgiveness. They've forgiven and they've been forgiven. And therefore they're able to move forward with power. And they do it in the power of ecclesia, which is a movement, not just a group that gets together every once in a while. been team performance coaching we are going to be sending out podcasts almost daily probably not daily but as much as possible so if you have a moment maybe share this with a friend tell somebody about it let them know and uh, also follow us on our youtube site facebook site uh, we'd love to hear comments about today's podcast and connect more with you so if you're interested in coaching for your business or coaching personally Send me an email, teamperformancecoaching at gmail.com. This is a brand new nonprofit where we come in and we help other nonprofits, churches, businesses 
be stronger. Move from point A to point B and just see what God may want to do to make your organization even better than it already is. And I'd love to be a part of that journey with you. So if you're interested, send me an email, teamperformancecoaching at gmail.com.